It's hurricane season. Is your home or commercial building's roof going to make you through another year? If you have any doubts, then pick up your phone and dial 786-ROOFERS for my friends at Pioneer Roofing. Now it's time to have uh, Pioneer Roofing come out and check out your roof and make the needed repairs before it's too late. It is hurricane season. Have any wet spots on your ceiling? If so, then you've got a roofing issue. The Pioneer Roofing family has been fixing homes and commercial roofs for decades. When you are protecting your most viable asset, your home, you need someone that will be here today to make the repair and here for you tomorrow if there are any problems. That's Pioneer Roofing. It's that time of year when Flava Night Roofing Companies are advertising. Most of these companies won't be there for you if there are problems. Do what I've done for years. Call Pioneer Roofing now and call this number, 786-ROOFERS. It's a brand-new number for them, 786-ROOFERS. And ask for Andrew, the president, tell him Jimmy Cephalo asked you to call. You'll make sure your problems are fixed. Pioneer Roofing, 786-ROOFERS. Again, ask for Andrew, that president of uh, Pioneer Roofing Company. You can also learn more online at PioneerRoofingCompany.com. Night racing is back at Richmond Raceway. This spring, top NASCAR drivers like Ryan Blaney, Chase Elliott, Bubba Wallace, Ross Chastain, and Virginia's own Denny Hamlin will battle under the bright lights. And this historic track also offers a rocking infield experience with unparalleled access to your favorite drivers and one of the best tailgate scenes around. For a weekend of friends, family, and amazing short track action, head to Richmond Raceway, March 29th through 31st. Get tickets now at richmondraceway.com. And welcome to the Land and Bussy program here on the Braves Sports Network. Here on this Monday, we heard from Lady Braves head coach Nate Kilbert, and now we're going to get a men's preview with uh, Land and Bussy. Land and Bussy, a new contract, and uh, ready to go. One week from tonight, the Braves will play at Ole Miss. I'll be there to bring you the tip-off of the Braves season. It'll be a late uh, tip on the SEC Network. Should be a lot of fun. As the Braves uh, played Tougaloo last week and uh, got a game in under their belt. And now Ole Miss coming up one week from tonight. Coach, how you doing, sir? Doing well. Uh, how you feeling? I feel amazing. <laughs> uh, you're just so calm and cool and nervous? I guess I'm just calm and cool to, to that clock tip off. <laughs> Absolutely. Got to have some type of balance. Uh, yeah. And you, you had a game last week against uh, against Tougaloo, and we'll we'll talk about that. But just the anticipation for the upcoming season. I mean, the first uh, regular season title in 20 years, uh, NIT appearance down at College Station. Still thinking about College Station, and that game, you know, kind of had it right there in our sights, and uh, just a lot of excitement for this upcoming season. Absolutely, uh, had an unbelievable year last year. Um, of course, it didn't finish how we wanted to finish, um, but the expectations is. To move forward, um, to get better, and just focus on the upcoming season. You and I have talked so much. I know games kind of sit in your gut a little bit. Did that Texas A&M game, how long did that Texas A&M game sit, sit in your crawl, considering we were right there at halftime, slowed the game down, kind of had it what you wanted, defensive stops, that's the way you, you want to play, kind of slowing things down, getting stops. How long did that uh, Texas A&M game sit with you? It wasn't the Texas A&M game, the Texas Southern game. Uh, Texas, the SWAC championship game. That's, that's still sitting with me. Um, you know, it, it was a huge blow for us, for my players, a huge blow for me and my coach and staff. So just focus right now is just trying to take steps to get better um, each and every day to put my players in a better situation to be successful. So um, we got to move past it, but every step we take um, is for one, for one day, for one game. Why does that uh, – I... I should have known that you probably would say Texas Southern. I guess because the last game was Texas A&M. But how is that Texas Southern game still sticking your gut for so long? Because we were right there. We were right there. We had a chance to make it to the NCAA tournament. We had a chance to do something very special here. Um, we just had the chance to, you know, win both championships. I'm greedy. I want both. <laughs> um, so with that being um, I think that that second half of that championship game, was our worst half of basketball all year. And this is, you know, the time that we decided to take that half off. Um, it just happened to be the championship game. I think Johnny Jones did an unbelievable job of um, getting his team prepared to play in that second half. Um, so, you know, it stuck with me. It sticks with me. Every single time, we, you know, we step on the court for practice, um, we try to get a little edge, get a little chip to get better and focus. Um, we we got to get back there. I, I know you didn't pay attention to it, but, you know, I, I look at demeanor when it comes to coaches. 
I, there's a shot of you on your knees, literally trying to get a stop, you know, in key in key moments of that game. And of course, the game got away from us in the second half. But then, in the final moments of that game, I'm looking at Johnny Jones, and he's exhaling like, "Ooh, man!" I mean, because it was it's so hard. And you talk about how winning is so hard. And I use the example you give to me last year. He said, "You know, winning is hard." And you and when you said hard, you really put emphasis on hard for you to do what you've done in these two years. Just talk about that again, how hard it is to get to the point where you're winning and how harder it is now to stay on top. Um, no matter what level you coach, no matter what sport it is, no matter where you at, where you're from, to win is hard. So Why is it hard? Why is it hard? Because the biggest thing is preparation. That's the biggest thing is preparing. Uh, what I mean by preparing is everything that leads up to the game. I'm very big on my, like, I'll give you a prime example. Thursday we played two blue. We did not do a good job of preparing. I was not happy how we got out there and played at all. Um, and my players knew that. When my returners, they knew that the expectations of the of leaving up, leading up to the game wasn't there. Um, I thought our focus wasn't there. I thought that we didn't come out with intensity, bringing on both sides of the ball. But the biggest thing is, the reason why it's so hard is because everybody's trying to do it. Everybody's trying to do it. Nobody wants to lose a game. Every coach, every team is trying to put their team in the best situation to be successful. Everybody. So when everybody's chasing one goal, it's hard. Now, if people didn't care about it, it'll be easy to get it done. But everybody's chasing that one goal. So it's hard. And so the biggest thing we're trying to focus on right now is preparation. Um, we play Ole Miss November the 7th. That game has already been played. The game has already been played. What we do now will prepare us for November the 7th. We not we can't just show up and play. It's the preparation. So um, I think my guys, they'll come out. You know, we had, you know, we had a good, tough week of practice this past week um, based off of um, our approach to the Tougaloo game. Um, I, was, I wasn't happy with how we played. I wasn't happy with some of my uh, key players and my returners. Um, what they was able to l deliver on the court. But um, I expect of us to have a better performance um, November the 7th. The expectations in terms of, and we're going to get into the roster, but just I think a lot of people still trying to figure you out a little bit. And I know your intensity. Your players know your intensity. But the expectation, the approach in terms of how you prepare for a game, I mean, that is, to, a lot of coaches talk about that is just as important as the game. So what was the expectation going into the Tougaloo game? Because that's you already have played a game. So the expectation going into that game, that was the first game. That's the only home game in non-conference before you get ready for you know Jackson State in 2023. But what were your expectations in your mind as you got ready for that Tougaloo game, and, and how did the letdown occur in, in, in your opinion? Mr. Charles, what's, what's our goal to keep teams under? 70 points. 60. 60, that's right, 60. Yeah. They had 63. That's not our goal. We didn't set our goal. You know, we want to keep team. When I say under 60, not 60. So we they were four points over. Okay. Um, we missed a ton of open shots. Missed some free throws. Gave up a ton of open shots. Missed some box outs. Didn't really approach the game with the intensity. And passion. Now, we started off 9-0. Score was 9-0 the first three, four minutes of the game. I think we did a good job of starting the game off. But there was a letdown, a huge letdown, um, probably about an eight or ten-minute span to where it's though We couldn't get stops. We couldn't put the ball in the basket. And our focus wasn't there. Um, our goal, the charge, we giving up 70 points, we're in trouble. <laughs> if we giving up 70 points, we're here. We are in trouble. Our goal is 60. They had 63. Okay. I think that with the type of brand of basketball that I try to instill in my student athletes, that we really can keep it under 53. The goal is 60. Anything goes 60, we in trouble. It's not acceptable. Oh, no, we in trouble. And, you know, it was just, you know, a situation to where it's the whole, I have, like I tell my players today, you know, I'm just getting out of practice right now. I, I apologize for my expectations being high on y'all. But I'm going to find a way to push y'all to y'all max. 
I'm going to find a way to make you guys be successful. I'm going to find a way to get you guys better on the court and in life. So that's the biggest thing right now. We just continue to try to push these guys, push these guys to their max. Just push them, push them, push them. Um, and try to overcome any adversity, any challenge. So this, this, this last week of practice have been extremely tough, have been extremely hard. I thought that we were out of shape. I thought that Tugalu was more in shape than us. I thought they came out ready to play. I thought they was tougher than us. Um, but I expect my guys to respond. I know that we got some tough guys in that locker room. I know it um, because they. I went to war with a lot of them. And I know, as you know, a lot of times last year in the SWAC, we could have gave up. Multiple games, we just found a way to make a big time play. Prime example, um, Prairie View at Prairie View. Um, Linnell Henry, which is the big time tip in. Um, um, Darius Agnew here at Jackson State. Find a way to get a big time rebound, step to the line, making two big time free throws. Uh, DJ Bruton, big time three point shot in the swag tournament. I know the type of guys I got in the locker room. I know what they can bring. I know the type of energy, effort, and toughness they can bring. And it didn't show Thursday night. And just remembering that and just knowing, and I guess because those players have been there and done that, and as they bought the T-shirt last year, knowing what to expect, did you was there a lot to say or was there a little to say? Were your players that were that were part of that last year kind of know what to say, whereas you may step back a little bit knowing the players going to speak for you on that because they know what to expect? No. No, I, I don't, I don't want to put them in that type of situation because some of the guys who I depended on the most, and you know, meet my expectations. And I, I called them out. I challenged them. And, and, they, and they know, to me, it ain't nothing personal. I'm just trying to find a way to get them to motivate and play hard. And I expect for them to come out November the 7th and, and, and put on the show. That's my expectation. Um, but I, I do know the type of guys we got. We got resilient guys, guys who are tough, face adversity. Um, they know I'm going to push them. They know I'm going to challenge them. And majority of the time, they respond. Just because they they're tough guys, and I depend on them. Didn't didn't Tugalu beat? Did they beat Jackson State? <laughs> um, that's that's the word. Okay. I, I don't, that's the word. Okay. That's the word. I, I don't know. I wasn't there. Yeah. That's the word. Okay. I thought thought you might have had some film on. I mean, because I know knowing how you prepare, you might have gotten a little intel, a little film on them. No, just just talking to different people. Um, you know, you know, from the Jackson area. Yeah. Um, I do think that they did have an inner squad scrimmage. Don't know how the setup was. But yeah. I do think that uh, Tugu had more points than them. But like I said, I wasn't there. I don't know how the setup was. Yeah. Was it segments or situational type of stuff. Yeah. Um, but Tugu is a well-coached team. They're a very, very good basketball team. Let's not take them for granted. Um, I think that they can come right now in the SWAC and have some success. Um, they do a good job of coaching them young men. Them guys can score the ball. They're tough. They're physical. Um, they got guys who can put the ball in the basket. They got athletic guys who can rebound it. I just think that's a well-coached team. So, um, if they did beat Jackson State, I don't know if they did or didn't, but, you know, I think the Tugaloo is a team that come in and beat a lot of teams in this way. Yeah, and I think that's why they do play teams in this conference because they, coaches in this league, know that they're going to give you what they're going to give you, and they're going to put you to the test. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I think they got Southern coming up. That's going to be a good game. Southern is a well-coached team. Um, Tugaloo is a well-coached team. Both of them teams are a little similar. They both play hard. Both yeah. of them things play hard, so I take my hats off to um, to. We're going to take a little break right here, and when we come back, uh, we will talk about this Braves roster. So we'll be back after this timeout. It's hurricane season. Is your home or commercial building's roof going to make it through another year? If you have any doubts, then pick up your phone and dial 786-ROOFERS or my friends at Pioneer Roofing. Now it's the time to have a Pioneer Roofing come out and check out your roof and make the needed repairs before it's too late. It is hurricane season. Have any wet spots on your ceiling? If so, then you've got a roofing issue. The Pioneer Roofing family has been fixing homes and commercial roofs for decades. 
when you are protecting your most valuable asset, your home, you need someone that will be here today to make the repair and here for you tomorrow if there are any problems. That's Pioneer Roofing. It's that time of year when Flava Night Roofing Companies are advertising. Most of these companies won't be there for you if there are problems. Do what I've done for years. Call Pioneer Roofing now and call this number, 786-ROOFERS. It's a brand-new number for them, 786-ROOFERS. And ask for Andrew, the president, tell him Jimmy Cephalo asked you to call. He'll make sure your problems are fixed. Pioneer Roofing, 786-ROOFERS. Again, ask for Andrew, that president of uh, Pioneer Roofing Company. You can also learn more online at pioneerroofingcompany.com. Mary on Demand is live. Start your marijuana education journey today and learn more with Mary on Demand. Take the self-guided education series at your own pace. You'll decide what you'd like to learn and when. Find answers to all of your marijuana questions with Mary on Demand. Visit mary.famu.edu to learn more. That's M-M-E-R-I dot F-A-M-U dot E-D-U. Mary, educate, learn, talk. All right, welcome back to the Land and Bussy program here on the Braves Sports Network. Glad you can join us. Charles Eppin here with Braves head basketball coach uh, Landon Bussy. Uh, recent news, Coach Bussy got a contract extension. Congratulations, Coach, on that. Uh, thank you. I appreciate it. And uh, you've done some really good things since uh, coming on board here, turning things around, the winning culture. You talk about how hard winning is and your team is achieving that. Just talk about that, that extension that you received recently. Um, it's just an unbelievable job. I think our administration – to try to lock um, me in here. Um, need to give me everything I need to be successful. So just want to take my hats off to them for believing in me, trusting in me that I'm going to lead this program moving forward. You, you uh, talk about your assistance, and there's been some changes there. Uh, Coach Adams is at Jackson State, and you've hired a couple of new assistants. Talk about your assistant uh, coaching staff, some of the new faces there. Um, you know, Coach Adams went over to Jackson State, um, where he's from, Jackson, Mississippi. So that was a um, great move for him, proud, about, proud for him. Um, be back closer to home where yeah. his family is and things like that. And Coach Bourne went to Kansas State, um, who was in the Big 12. So I think that was a major increase um, for his career uh, moving forward. So just proud of both of them guys. Um, and then we hired um, Coach Cy Alexander, um, who was a former coach, head coach at um, North Carolina A&T, um, South Carolina State, been around the business for a long time, got unbelievable experience does a good job with helping me with different type of situational type of stuff, on, on the core stuff, film stuff. So he have been a huge help for us. And we got Ben Mandelbaum, a um, younger guy who um, brings a lot of energy, intensity, works hard, does a good job with the student athlete, staying on top of them, making sure they do everything they're supposed to do off the court. So I think our coaching staff um, is strong, was strong last year, and I think it's just as strong this year. So, um, and, of course, we got Gary Smith who came back um, who was with the championship team last year, he's done an unbelievable job as well. How, how does it feel when you have coaches that leave you and do move on to better things? You know, uh, Coach Bourne from Louisiana now is at Kansas State, and, and uh, Coach Adams worked with you, was one of your first hires at Jackson State, and is in that situation, as you said, back at home. How does it feel when your assistants, because it's all about the assistants. A good friend of mine, my best friend, he, he loves head coaches, but he believes in taking care of his assistants as a sports fan, the importance of taking care of your assistants in every facet because that's what makes it go. But how does it make you feel knowing the assistants that worked under you now are doing bigger and better things? It feels great. It feels great. I mean, you know, when, we, when I hire those guys, I talk to them about one thing. They came here and helped me do it. They came here and helped me do it. So the least I can do is give them a recommendation, write them a letter of recommendation or whatever the case may be, and support them. But, you know, when we talk about hiring them, you know, the main focus, you know, was to come in here and help me do one thing. And they were able to do that. So I appreciate them. Um, you know, without them coaches, I wouldn't be where I am today. Um, without them coaches, we wouldn't have the success we had last year. So I, I appreciate them. I'm glad to see that they're able to grow in their careers. And um, good things are coming to them. Definitely. Good things are coming to this Braves basketball team. So let's get into it. You talked about Tougaloo and uh, already on the edge. I can see already. This is our first conversation. <laughs> already the edge is there. Seven days away from Ole Miss. We'll get into Ole Miss. So let's, let's talk about uh, when you look at your roster, Coach. Okay, the season ended. You talked about Agnew. You talked about Justin Thomas. 
to some of the guys that made it go last year, no longer with the program. So you assess this roster, players that you lost, players that you have coming back. What were some of the biggest needs in recruiting transfer portal as you built this team? You had a lot of good talent coming back, but then you had to add some pieces because you lost some pieces. Well, the biggest thing is with this transfer portal now is re-recruit your own players. Just re-recruit your own players. Um, had one guy in the transfer portal, that was Paul King. Um, everybody else came back. I mean, you have DJ Bruin come back, Byron Joshua, Otis Walker, Dontrell McCordes, Ladarius Marshall, D.K. Thorne, Mike, Devin Carter. Um, I think that's the main guy. So the biggest thing was getting these guys to come back. I think these guys love being here. I think these guys understand that we left something on the table. And they want to get back and try to see if they can seal the deal this time. But, of course, you know, with Justin Thomas leaving, second-team all-conference guy, let us in scoring, let us in assists, um, we had to replace that. Um, Darius Agnew and Lanell Henry leave, leaving. You know, Darius Agnew is a guy who we depended on a lot to give the ball to late in the game and him to give us a basket. Um, it's always good to have a guy you can throw the ball to in the post and get you a good shot or pass it out or get up to the line and make free throws. Then Lanell Henry, just with his experience, his championship experience, we had to replace that with his toughness. He came out, he came up big um, late in a lot of games. Just if it's tip ins, rebounds, diving on the floor, save balls, big time shot. So we had to replace that. And so the first issue that the first um, position we wanted to replace in our main position was that point guard position. Um, and that was tough to do. Um, but we decided to go with uh, Trevin Wade, you know, transfer guy who that Wichita State, transfer from Wichita State. Went to Eastern Kentucky. Um, left-handed guy just like Justin. Um, tough, strong, physical. Um, I think him and Byron Joshua are two, some of the best on-ball defenders I've seen in a long time. So I think he, he matched up well with Byron in that backcourt. But he's a guy who um, we wanted to do a good job of trying to find somebody who can come in, an older guy, to fill in Justin Thomas' shoes immediately. So it won't be no drop um, and he's that guy who I, I depend on. He's a guy who I think they can get it done. Um, right now, he's just taking time to um, – he got to get back in rhythm time because he hasn't played basketball in a year. But he's a guy who can get the job done. Um, also, as far as the post-present position, the place Agnew and Nell Henry, I wanted to beef up. I wanted to get a little bigger. I wanted to get a little stronger. wasn't happy um, that Texas Southern game, how many offense rebounds we gave up. I think they kind of pushed us in the back – we didn't do a good job of finding the body and box out. And God was just rooting us in and creating second-chance opportunity. So we go out and find Sean Walker. We go out and find Jeremiah Kendall. We go out and find DeAndre Dews. And we go out and find um, Daryl Jordan. Those guys right there are guys who we're going to depend on to be a big-time presence in the paint. Jeremiah Kendall is a transfer from Prairie View A&M University. Probably about 6'6", six, six guy, 6'7". Six, who's really skilled, very talented, can rebound the ball at a very high level. He's a guy you give the ball to on that block, and he go get you a basket. So we're depending on him to come in immediately and box out, rebound, assert himself on the defensive end, but also be able to give him the ball on that block and him to get the basket. Another guy is Sean Walker, transfer from his knees, probably about 6'8". Big, strong, physical guy you get the ball to on the uh, basket as well. He didn't play last year at McNeese. He reassured it. But he's a guy that you can throw the ball to on a block, strong, physical, tough guy who get the ball on the block, get the ball, I'm sorry, get a basket on the block. Then the other guy is Daryl Jordan, transfer from Jackson State. He's a guy who just plays extremely hard. He rebounds. He's physical. He'll block shots. He foul hards. He gives a lot of dirty work. I can see him a guy being a guy who can come here and send messages of a team. By, sip, by by playing hard, rebounding the ball, taking charges, blocking shot, and throwing his body around. And DeAndre Dews is a 6'8", you know, kind of thin guy. can stretch out a little bit, but he does a good job of running. He does a good job of listening. Um, now I just got to get him to protect the rim a little bit. Oh, man. This old, so it's just plug and play, basically. I mean, you, you talked about Justin Thomas. You want to find another Justin Thomas type. You want to try to find another Agnew type. Just plug and play, basically. Absolutely. And then, of course, we had Devin Carter, who reassured last year. Um, he's a guy two years ago who led the state in scoring. Um, his role right now is to be a point guard that can facilitate first and get his second. 
But he's a guy who's every single day he's getting better. He's a guy who can put the ball in the basket at a very high level. But I challenge him every single day defensively. That's the key for him. Be a big-time defender. Um, when he's going up against Byron Joshua and Dominique Bruton and Trevor Wade every single day, he's going to get better. Because those three guys, um, they bring it. They bring it every day in practice. So um, I'm just excited for the year. You, you talked about Carter. You were telling me last year in the spring, I mean, he, he was shooting around and doing what he does. It's like he's going to be really, really good. You, you, you had a gleam in your eye. It was just a matter of just building a kid up each and every day. Absolutely. Devin Carter's going to be good. He's going to be good. He's got to be patient. got to continue to listen. got to continue to buy in. he got to continue to sell his soul in the defensive end. When he do those things, when he do those things, because scoring is easy for him. I mean, scoring is really easy for him. So um, he's going to be a good basketball player because his defense have improved so much since last year. Because um, I stay on him, stay on him, stay on him, stay on him. And I think that he's learning. I think that he's doing a better job of listening. And he's doing a much better job of competing. The Tulu game, I was looking at the numbers um, the bench, 42 points off the bench. He had one player in double figures. Uh, Keandre Montgomery off the bench uh, was was huge. Um, so when you look at some of the returners, and I look at Keandre Montgomery, uh, is it, it was kind of back and forth with him. I mean, he's got so much potential. He can jump out the gym. He can shoot from the parking lot. But then other times it's like you really got to stay on him and stay with him, but he's just so talented. Mississippi State transfer – uh, where are you with him, Coach, in terms of, you know, we talked last year about him starting, comes off the bench. When you think he's ready to start, he comes off the bench. And when you think he's coming off the bench, he's starting. Uh, he came off the bench against Tougaloo. Where, where, is, where is he in the in the pecking order in the grand scheme of all of this? Well, Keandre has done an unbelievable job, and I take my hats off to him. He has done a really, really good job of managing his emotions. And challenge, you know, challenge, I challenge him every day. But he has been challenging his emotions in the right direction. He has done an unbelievable job of coming in every day in practice, be coachable, um, not no emotional breakdowns. Um, so I take my hats off to him. Um, now, like I talk to him every single day, now we're leading up to the season. The biggest thing is, is consistency. How to be consistent. It's going to be times when you're back up against the wall, and I'm going to be getting on you. It's all about how you respond. It's all about how you respond. It's going to be times when your shot isn't falling. Tell them all day, Dre, your shot's not always going to fall. But what can you do to stay on the court when your shot's not falling? And he had 12 big rebounds. That's the most um, glaring spot of his game that he improved in, his rebound the ball. He took two big charges, um, 12 rebounds. And when he's playing like that, when he's not worried about scoring, he takes his game to another level. But when he's all focused on scoring, um, the other aspects don't get filled. So just trying to keep him focused. Um, he's a guy, as everybody knows, that, you know, he didn't make the trip to uh, Texas A&M. Um, and it was just some in-house stuff. But he has learned. He has matured so much. He has developed. Um I can't, I can't say much how, how proud I am of him. I am so proud of him. Um, and he knows how I am. If you have some letdowns, that's my job to hold you accountable. Um, and the only thing I'm trying to do is help these young men um, just become better people, um, be better men, and be better athletes. But, you know, you know everybody talks to me a lot of times. <laughs> you go to these tailgates. <laughs> Everybody, everybody loves Keandre because he always got a good smile on his face. Yeah, oh yeah. Always respectful. Yeah. Um, he always bring energy just by he he can brighten up your day by when he walks in the room with his smile. Never a bad day with him. No, never. Um, and so everybody always asks, Coach, what's going on with Keandre? Yeah, I'm not going to give up on him. I'm not going to give up on him because Keandre is a great kid. He's just so emotional, so passionate about basketball sometimes. It gets the best of him. And the only thing I try to do is get him to focus and get him to develop in multiple different ways by just not scoring. You know, you are who you are when you're back up against the wall. 
when things aren't going right, how do you act? How do you respond? He's been doing a great job. I, I have to share this story. I think it was the Grambling game at home. After the game, everybody's left the gym. He's still in the gym. His family is in the gym. He's down. He's upset. And there was a, a, a big meeting in the gym. You, your assistants, Keandre Montgomery, I think his family, everybody. It was a big power. I don't know what was said, but I have the feeling that that was, and it was the back and forth that you talked about with him. I, I felt like at that point, we can talk about it now because that's been a while mm-hmm. ago, but at that point in time, at that point in time, I felt like it was either now or never for Keandre. And he stayed with it and, you know, because that was it was a big I don't know what was said didn't hear it but you could tell it was something pretty serious it's like it was back and forth between your you assistant coaches parents you know sister brother whatever it was uh kind of serious right there and I just felt like at that point you know it was like hey the rubber's meeting the road right here and it was like he he got on the other side of that oh I think the biggest thing was I do remember that meeting it was his mom it was his grandmother it was his aunt they just you know we all sitting down just you know talking and they, yeah. you know his parents his mom, his aunt, his grandma, they do an unbelievable job helping me out and helping Dre out. Um, just find a ways for him to be successful. Find a ways for him. But everybody's on the same page about the plan we have in place for you, Dre. Yeah. And his mom is on board. His grandmother's on board. His aunt is on board. His sisters, his whole family is on board. Everybody's on board about the, the plan we have for him to be successful. So it was just a, a little talk, a little meeting to make sure that everybody's on the same page. And to Dre, this is the expectation. If you cannot meet these expectations – then it's consequences behind it. I just got to hold you accountable. And he's on board. He understands it. Um, he has grown up a lot. Yeah. And, and you'll be able to see it. And, and you'll be able to see it with just by them 12 rebounds. Um, I wasn't expecting him to get out there and play, get 12 rebounds. I know that Drake gives 20 a night. I know that Drake can fill it up. But the missing factor with Drake is rebounding and defense. He had become one of our best defenders. He had become one of our best rebounders. Now, it's consistency. It's consistency. And just with the support of his family, just by him growing up, um, it has been a blessing to coach him this year. I I talk about another guy, Coach Thorne. You know, I remember there was a point in time I was wondering if Thorne was going to make it. You know, just, you just wondered if he's going to get lost in the wash. You know, that happens. And uh, I never gave up on him. I thought, but he always felt like he was going to keep his head above water somehow, some way. And, man, has he. There's another another kid just, you know, worked hard, worked his tail off to get to where he, where he is, has made some big shots for you last year. And, uh, man, it's a totally different guy knowing that, you know, 18 months ago you just don't know where, where that thing was going to go. Well, one thing about him, DK is one of our hardest workers. He worked. He brings it every day. He always got a positive attitude. He got his great academics. He don't get in any trouble. Um, he's always respectful. He's always in the gym. He's a gym rat. And that's going to pay off. That's what I pride myself on. So I tell my guys all the time, when you do, when you are like DK and you have earned an opportunity to play, you have earned the opportunity to be on the court, you earned the opportunity um, to be on scholarship or whatever the case may be, I'm going to give you a, you got an opportunity to be on that court. Now, what you do on that court, it's up to you. But the only thing you can ask for, the only thing you can do is opportunity. Coach, I earned this opportunity. Yeah. You got the opportunity. Now, what you do, Ole Miss, Ole Miss, that's up to you. I can't get out there and defend for you. I can't get out there and make shots for you. I could put you in the best situation to be successful, but you got to go out there and perform. So, he's a guy who – made a huge, huge jump from last year. Huge jump just as far as he's shooting the ball at a very high level. Defensively, he has got so much better. Got so much better. Um, he's a guy who I, I trust now. I trust him in the court. Last year, it was kind of spotty. Um, but he, he gained my trust. And he's a guy we depended on. Um, he's going to play a lot more minutes this year. His role has expanded. So, we'll see. Dontrell McQuarters, you, you talk about the bigs who we lost with, with Agnew and those other guys. Talk about where you are with him because there were games in which a big rebound, a big bucket, a big dunk, um, quietly, he doesn't say a whole lot, but 
you know, he can make a lot of noise on the court. Well, he, he don't say a whole lot on the court. He talks. <laughs> but Dontrell is, you know, a really, really lovable kid, man. He always got to have a positive attitude. He always have a good demeanor about him. He's a guy who we're going to depend on a lot. He can rebound the ball at a very high level. He's athletic. He's tough. Um, last year, we didn't depend on him as much as far as um, scoring. We just depended on him as far as rebounding the ball, defending at a very high level. But this year, we're going to give the, him the ball a lot more right at the elbow. We'll give him the ball more right at the short corner. Um, and he's a guy who we depend on. Um, he's a championship guy. He's a guy who um, started a lot of games for us last year. Now he's going to be the guy who take that next step. Um, he, it's no reason why he shouldn't be leading our team in rebound. Yeah. There's no reason why he's not leading our team and taking charge. And when you do that, your offense will expand. Dominic Bruton, love that kid. Left the program. The previous coach was here. He left. He came back. And, man, what a difference he has made. Hit a big shot uh, uh, in, in the tournament. <laughs> um, just, I just like that kid a lot. And just him staying with it. I'd stayed in touch with him. I never lost track. Even when he w- when he left, he came back. Uh, what What's the next progression in his game as far as you're concerned? The biggest thing is getting that Kobe Bryant mentality because I, I believe that he can do it. I mean, he's a guy who can score the ball at a very high level. So I'm pushing him right now every single day to just get that killer instinct. He's a guy who left, came back, and so happy to have him back. He's a great kid, very, very, very quiet kid, don't talk too much at all, don't talk too much off the court, but he's definitely a guy who um, can put the ball in the basket at a high level. I believe that he can, um, he'll probably lead our guards in rebounding, um, just with athleticism, athleticism and toughness, but he's a guy who can get the job done. We're talking with uh, Braves head coach uh, Landon Bussey here on the Landon Bussey program. The Braves uh, took on Tougaloo last week. Talk about putting that game together. That game kind of snuck up on me, Coach. Was that one that was kind of always on the schedule? Was that something that uh, came together kind of late in the game? You know, because we were, were ready to go to Ole Miss, and next thing you know, hey, we got Tougaloo coming in. It was just it was in the process for a while. We just had to get everything to pay work, situated, everything straight before we can announce it. They had to, you know, change the terminology up a few things. So um, I think it was a good, you know, these young men, they get tired of doing the same thing in practice. They get tired of playing against each other. They know the plays, cheating the plays and things like that. So we had to take a step to get ready for Ole Miss. Uh, we had to, you know, do a little more competition. We had to get some uh, another team in here that was going to give us a good game, a team that was going to be tough, physical. And we thought Tugu was the perfect team for that. And they and they definitely were. When you look at your roster, Coach, you talked about some of the, some of the guys, some of the new, some of the returning. Um, who are some of the guys, Coach, in your mind that you were kind of concerned about maybe in May, April, June, July, August, and now that we're into it, the season's getting ready to start, they turned out to be pleasant surprises? Um, I, I guess I would have to say DK. I was kind of concerned about if he was going to be able to expand his role. I was kind of concerned about if he was going to be able to get minutes this year, um, and he, he has done that. Um, D.K. Thorne has made a huge improvement on the court. Um, I have trust him a lot more. But another guy is Byron Joshua. He's a guy who's been with me now going into his third year. Um, and I'll tell you this now, I mean, you know, I remember when we played Texas Sun in his first year um, as a freshman. He had 32 points to get them with 30 points at Texas Southern. And then we played Tougaloo, he had zero points. Um, so I wasn't. Oh, you weren't happy. Oh, I didn't even know he had. I thought he had about 12 <laughs> because he was defending so oh, well. Yeah. He played so good. Yeah. Um, but now look at the stat sheet. He didn't score that whole game. But I thought he played really well. And I thought he had about, about 12 points. And so I, that night I looked at the stat sheet. He didn't score at all. So now it's my job to put him in a situation to get his offense back on. But he has, he has sacrificed so much for this program and his team just to focus on defensive end. Because he knows that's what's going to keep him on the court. So I think that Byron Joshua played an unbelievable game um, against Tugley. Um Now, I have to do a better job of putting him in a situation to be successful on the offensive end because um, 
he has sacrificed so much on the defensive end, and he deserved to score the ball back to how he used to score when he was a freshman. That's the first, and all the times I've talked to you, that's the first player that you reference in terms of offense. Yes. <laughs> because, you know, if, if, you know, Byron's a guy who brings it every day in practice. He do not sit out of practice. If he's hurt, he's going to find a way to get on the court. I mean, and this is going on his third year with me. He don't sit out of practice. He brings it every day. He talks. He has energy every single day. And he's a guy who's going to play a lot of minutes for us this year just because his energy and his toughness. Every single day, every single game, whoever it is, he's going to be guard. If it's a guard, he's going to be guarding the best player. He don't care if you're 6'5 or you're 5'5. He's going to be tough. He's going to guard you. So with that being said, I got to reward him. I have to reward him because he have earned it. I'm all about earning stuff. I'm not going to give you anything. You're going to earn it. And he has earned the right to be more aggressive on the offensive end. Do, do you think with the players that have come back, you think they understand you now that, number one, it's defense first. You didn't even know that <laughs> that uh, Joshua didn't score against against Tugu, but he did so many other things well that it just kind of got lost in the wash a little bit. You think now these guys kind of really understand what it's about. And I guess winning helps that because you won – regular season championship, but you want to do it again. Like you said, you're greedy. Uh, you want more than just a regular season championship. You want to go to the NCAA tournament. Yeah, we took the NIT. Yeah, we got that and had a chance to move on there. But uh, just that greed factor, yes, you can't be satisfied with how what we did last year because last year doesn't, in the eyes of a lot of folks, don't even matter. you got to come back and do it again. Charles, nobody cares. Nobody cares about last year. And you're able to share three in a row when you were an assistant there. So you can share those stories how it's hard to win one, but then you won two and then three in a row. So what can you share there to keep that hunger, that fire going, trying to win the second regular season title in a row? It's all about being consistent. you got to be consistent. I talk about it all the time. LeBron James is about to make $98 million for the next two years. Why? Because he has maintained a level of consistency for 20 years. No matter what job, no matter where it is, what you do in life, you got to be consistent. And that's what I'm trying to instill in these young men. You know, we're about to go up. Last year, we caught a few people off guard. They wasn't expecting the Alcorn to be the, the, the team that we put out there. Now, this year, okay, we're projected to finish second place. Um, everybody knows the type of success we had last year. Okay, now we got to be consistent. And it starts in practice. It starts in practice. Now, my returners know about how, how I am. They know when I'm a triple about, you know, when I'm not going to triple about. Um, and like you said, my returners know the type of intensity I want to bring on defensive end. What we did in the past is not going to motivate them right now as far as bringing the intensity. But what will motivate them is the bench. You're going to have to defend here. You have to. Um, because that, that's that's not an option. It's not an option. I cannot coach effort. Defense is effort. It's all about do you want your man to score? Are you going to let your man to score? Are you going to give the help side? Are you going to find a body in box out? That's effort. Now, I have no problem with a guy who miss open shot. That's a mistake. You miss a shot, you miss a layup, I'm fine with it. But not competing on the defensive end, that's a non-negotiable for me. And so my guys know that, um, especially my returns, they know that you're going to have to bring it on the defensive end. Or it's, it's, it's very hard for me to play. It's very hard for me to play. But the biggest thing right now is consistency. we got to be consistent. And it's, it's very simple. Every single day we got to come out and practice. we got to bring it. We have to bring the energy. We have to bring the toughness. We have to defend. And that's going to carry over on the court. And if you can't do that, that's fine. That's fine. But let me find somebody who can do it. Yeah. It's been, and that's been the formula for Landon Bussey so far here. Defense first for sure. You talked about second place, Coach, of the SWAC sort of finish. What do you think? Do you, do you get into those ratings and rankings? Second place is where the, the SWAC prognosticators picked us to be. Is, is that uh, considering one regular season? And probably one of the biggest uh, – well, I wouldn't say deals, but one of the – in the transfer portal, ETN going to Southern University – 
That was huge. I mean, that that no one's talking about that because we know what ETN did against us and how big he was, and now he's at Southern University. So they lose. They lose some pieces. They're the tournament champs. We're the regular season champs. Uh, do you get into those preseason prognostications? Pick to finish second. Any, any issues with that at all? No. I don't really get into it because um, I'm pretty much sure that what's predicted, it won't finish that way. Um, what I mean by that is some of them teams at the bottom, they're going to finish higher. Some of the teams at the top will finish lower. Some of the teams at the top might finish that way. But, but that prediction out of 12, it, it won't be it won't be that like that at the end of the season. Um, I just hope for us that we can stay at the top. Um, but I do appreciate um, the respect that um, we're able to give uh, my student-athletes. I mean, I'm happy for, you know, Keandre Montgomery, DJ Bruton. You know, they were selected all-conference guys. Yeah. And I'm just happy for, you know, overall the guys who were turning. You know, I think last year we was fin- – I forgot we were fin- eighth or sixth yeah, or something eighth, like that. Eighth. Um, and this year, you know, we just, it was the respect that was given, not for me, it's good for these young men. Because they, they are the ones that want to deliver. So I'm happy that they're getting some type of respect. I'm happy that Otis Walker is getting respect. I'm happy that uh, Byron Joshua, uh, Ladarius Marshall, Don Trouble Quarters, Keandre Montgomery, DK Thorne, um, Mike, Devin Carter, um, all of them guys who return. I'm, I'm happy they get the respect that they deserve to be predicted to finish um, in second place. Like I told them guys, I'm going to predict since I leave out here, Mr. Charles, I'm going to go win the lottery. So <laughs> if I come back in tomorrow, I ain't win the lottery. <laughs> so what, what, what that mean, Mr. Charles, that prediction is nothing. <laughs> you got to go damn before. That's exactly right. And so if we don't see you, that means what? I hit the lottery. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of respect. Uh, and obviously, you you have been you've got a great deal of respect, especially after last year the HBCU All Star Game down in uh, New Orleans. Talk a little bit about that and that experience you had. It was unbelievable. I think they did a great job of setting it up. They do a great job of just broadcasting it and promoting it. They picked the best twenty four young men who they feel as though um, were the best HBCU All Stars in the country. Lanell Henry had the opportunity to go down there and perform. Um, I had the opportunity to coach it. Um, just take my hats off to Travis Williams for selecting me to get out there and coach it. Were you as intense, and I'm, we're, I'm feeling the intensity now, and the season starts in seven days, was that same landing busy intensity there in New Orleans for the Absolutely. All-Star? Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, my, I wanted to win. I wanted to win. Unfortunately, um, we didn't win. Um, Rob Jones and his team when Rob Jones, the head coach at North Fort, his team when he do an unbelievable job as well. How long did that game stick with you? I know these you talked about that. Uh, you had forgot the Texas Southern game. How long did that All Star game stick with? You? Ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Ten minutes. Um, you know that game was right there. You know, I, I just I'm just a competitor. I just like to win. Yeah, I, I really enjoy, um, you know, competing. Um, it's a thrill of mine. I love to compete. Um, I was telling my guys today, and, you know, the biggest thing is, you know, I try to talk to these guys a lot. It's just about changing their mindset and getting out here to compete. I, I'm not too concerned about how my guys will come out and play November the 7th. Now, I don't know who's going to win that game. I don't know what the score's going to look like. But as far as the energy, as far as the intensity, as far as the toughness, I, de- I depend on them guys. Yeah, and they they they're going to depend on me to be there, yeah. and they're going to depend on me to put them in the best situation to be successful. But I depend on Don Trammell quarters to get out there and rebound the ball, yeah, and score at a very high level. I depend on Dominic Bruton to score the ball at all three levels. I'm going to depend depend on Byron Joshua to find out who their best guard is and make it habit for them. Yeah, same thing with Otis Walker makes shots. Keandre Montgomery big time rebounding. But Darius Marshall's guy who we don't talk about much. He's a guy who improved a lot. Um, he's a guy who can rebound the ball at a very high level. He can defend and protect their rim at a very high level. I'm going to get. It. I'm going to give him an opportunity to go out there and showcase that. It's the ESPN Plus game, SEC game. Did what y'all want. Did what you've been asking for. Now let's get out there <laughs> and put our product to show. Yeah. Um, just sharing that story reminds me of one of our former football coaches. We were playing, I think we were playing Mississippi State. And uh, this 
one of the players on our team at that time said, man, I was recruited by Mississippi State. Well, that means in his mind he was compared to a kid on the FBS level. But then you play Mississippi State, and the coach at that time was saying, well, now you get a chance to, 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 to test your talents against some of those guys that, that, you were, yeah, that you were playing against. So that's just like you said. It's, you know, let's just see what happens going against a, a good team in Ole Miss up at the Pavilion. Oh, yeah, I mean, I think that they're, they're going to come out ready to play. I think Ole Miss is, you know, haven't watched too much film on them. I haven't watched any film on them, to be honest with you. Um, but I do know they got guys that um, I didn't heard about, Deshaun Ruffin, um, who the guys put the ball in the basket at a very high level. And, of course, you got McKinnis, who was at Jackson State for the last four years, um, who was now at Jackson State. So, you know, challenging my guys in practice, hey, you know, McKinnis is at that level now. Um, but it's, it's y'all job. Darius Marshall, it's your job, Sean Walker, to get out there and show that, you know, it's no difference. It's no difference that we can get out here and do the same thing. And when we're still in these guys, in their, when we're still in that in their minds, and these guys believe, when they believe, when they got confidence in themselves, when they trust themselves, their abilities and things like that, and you scout there and compete and play hard, you're going to give you a chance. To be, you, you're going to give yourself a chance to be successful. That's the only thing I'm asking you to do is get out there, play hard, and compete. When you do that, you have a chance to win the game. Now, if you're not going out there and play hard, you're not going to get out there and compete. We have no chance November 7th. But if you could do those two things, play hard and compete, you have a chance. Swag play coming up in early 2023. You open up with Jackson State, and you look at the swag coach, you know, some different faces. Uh, Mo Williams leaves Alabama State, goes to Jackson State, a new coach at Alabama A&M, new coach at Bama State. Uh, what do you think about the conference in terms of its improvement? First year FAMU, but Dude Cookman coming into the league, uh, two tough games down in Florida last year. I missed it due to COVID, but uh, the conference definitely is getting better. And uh, and so you had some close, so many close games. How many one score games? How many two possession and one possession games that we had last year that we were able to grind out? That just shows you how competitive the conference was last year, and you kind of expect that again this year. Yeah, I mean, I think no matter who you play in the conference, you got to come out ready to play. You have to come out ready to play. Of course, like you said, even with even with Valley, you got George Ivory down there. He's oh, a yeah. very good coach. Two, um, three zone. I don't know what they're going to run. <laughs> <laughs> That's way down line. But I do expect this team to play hard and come out ready to play. Yeah. Um, of course, you know, everybody knows George Ivory has, does an unbelievable job with the 2-3 zone. But yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that, you know what his team looks like now. Um, I do expect for the team to come out and play. But no matter who you're stepping up against, if it's Valley, if it's Pine Bluff, if it's Florida A&M, Bethune, Grambling, Texas Southern, Southern Prairie View, Jackson State, Alabama A&M, Alabama State – you have to come out ready to play. We cannot take teams for granted. We want to be dominant. We want to send a message. Um, and that's one thing I talked to Coach um, Size about is that we did not do a good job last year closing our game. There was a lot of times we have a 17, 12, 15-point lead. Next thing you know, 30 seconds to go, we in, we in a ball game. Yeah. And I remember um, – Last year, it was an awkward night. Came up to me after the game, very nice lady, and she said, "Coach, you, we won the game. I forgot who we played. I think it was Southern. Oh, Coach, you stressing me out. <laughs> you know, you, 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 I'm nervous, and you gonna give me a heart attack." I said, "What do you think I'm going through? <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm looking at the score. Okay, what adjustment I need to make? Yeah." And so, but it's, it's, it's unbelievable just to see the support that you get from the Oakland Knights. It's unbelievable just to see the support you get from the fan base. Just so proud um, to be here. Just so proud um, to coach these young men. But when it comes swag time, anytime, no matter who you play, you got to come out ready to play. Yeah. You can't take days off. You cannot take days off. So, um, I think January 2nd, we got Jackson State. Um, of course, it's a rivalry game. That'll be the game. Um, we let down the banner. Uh, rings and the championship rings? Um, we're supposed to do the championship rings, have the ring ceremony night, um, halftime of the Jackson State football game. Oh, that's coming up. Okay. Yes. So um, that's the goal. 
that's the, those are the dates we set. But um, no matter who you're playing, you got to come out ready to play. Because last year, um, we was we was going out hunting. Yeah. Now people want us. Yeah. Um, so it's gonna be it's gonna be tougher. It's gonna be harder. Um, we expect to get everybody best shot. But I also expect for us to give everybody our best shot. Yeah. And you got tough non-conference games. You talked about Ole Miss. You got uh, right the week of Thanksgiving, the UTEP tournament. You got Arizona out in, um, out in the West Coast. Um, I'll be at Southern Illinois. Um, you got Stephen F. Austin. So a pretty good schedule. I mean, nothing, you know, the travel might be tough, but the competition. I mean, if we go out and play and defend, you, know, you talked about it last year, Southern Illinois. Uh, game right there and some other games that were right there. So if, if you can continue that trend in non-conference, uh, you know, get some more non-conference wins. Absolutely. I think that we got a good non-conference schedule. I think a lot of them games, um, we're going to do a good job competing. Um, of course, we open up with Ole Miss. Right after that, we have Wichita State and Stephen F. Austin. I'm not sure who we have after that. But um, those three games are three good games for us, three good games for us to test ourselves. Um, of course, you have Missiles in the SEC. You have Wichita State that's an American. And you have Stephen F. Austin that's in a WAC. So three different conferences, um, three different levels. Um, and it's our chance for us to get out there and showcase ourselves, um, test ourselves. What's the most, uh, finally, the, the most, the one thing that excites you about this team? Obviously, it's tough to defend. You talked about, you know, the hunter and the hunted, where the hunted come conference play. And I think when we play non-conference teams, no, we'll know that, you know, this team won the SWAC and all of that stuff. What, what's the one thing that's impressed you so far? Uh, or the one thing that worries you so far? The one thing, like I said, I enjoy coaching this team, character-wise. We have some unbelievable character kids. We have some really, really, really good kids. Um, immature at times, but when trading them for the world. So that's one of the things that impressed me, just their character, just their character. Um, what I worry the most about is their lack of urgency, about how we approach the game, the sense of urgency as bringing intensity and practice that will translate over on the court. So that's the biggest thing with me. Um, you know, That's what I worry about a little bit is the urgency of how they approach the game. But... Um, tell them all the time, you know, me being in this situation, being a head coach leading this program, one thing I can't do, can't make everybody happy. Just can't do it. There's no way possible. I'll find seven or eight guys that's going to bring it like I want to bring it. Down. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just what it is. I mean, of course, I would like to play all 15, 16 guys, but I got to play guys who give this program the best chance to be successful. And you have – every opportunity in the world to for me to gain trust in you. And it starts in practice. I'm a practice guy. I love to practice. I just love it. I love it. Um, because I, I'm just a firm believer that what you do in practice will translate over on the court. So with that being said, um, I'm a little concerned about our urgency, but hey, you know, I'll find, I'll find a way to get seven or eight guys who's going to bring it every single day like how I want it. And that's the seven or eight guys I'm going to roll with to these other guys step up. Well, I, I you know, I'm, I'm a big story guy. I like to share stories. And you and mm-hmm. I, we, 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 we have stories. I can share this story from the semifinals of the SWAC tournament last year mm-hmm. in the hotel where we were staying after we beat uh, – after we won that semifinal game. You're, you're talking with your coaches about the championship game. In the hallway of the hotel, you and your two assistants sitting on a luggage rack talking about the game coming up against Texas Southern and drawing it up in the dirt, sitting on a luggage cart. Remember that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you – now, obviously, you're – I don't know if that was the intent of being there to make sure the players don't get away from you. I don't know what that was, but just the intensity, the focus. I mean, I'm sure there was multi-pronged intentions there in terms of making sure the players are in the right – place and the rooms and just the focus and just being in one place and just try to make sure they're where they need to be. And you, you were sitting, if I had a camera, 
I could say that Cedric Tillman, take a picture of you all sitting on that luggage rack, you know, drawing up plays, sitting on a luggage rack in the hotel uh, of the Holiday Inn in Birmingham. That was uh, that was very, very interesting, but intense because, hey, all the hard work, all the travel, all the, the one possession wins and all of that, you get to one game, you know, 40 minutes away from winning the SWAC tournament championship. Absolutely. I remember, like I said, I mean, I think the biggest thing is I think my coach was doing um, curfew checks. Yeah. And I was about to do curfew checks. I typically don't do them. But yeah. I doing that <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we just started talking basketball. Next, you know, we sitting down, going over. I mean, we didn't leave the hallway till probably about 3 in the morning. Um, just watching film in the hallway, going over different strategies of playing, just trying to find a way to put these guys in the best situation to be successful. Um, you know, we knew that it was a lot at stake. Yeah. It was a lot at stake. Um, I wanted it for these guys more than anything because they deserve it. They have they have gave me everything they had. They got out there, competed. They was coachable. They played hard. They sacrificed their bodies. I wanted it for them. But I also wanted it for the students here at Oakland. I wanted it for the alum, the Alconites, the fans, our supporters, the administration, for my coaches. And so I just wanted to make sure that I gave everything I had for that one game. Nothing else mattered to me. Nothing mattered to me um, was the focus for that one game. And as long as I know in my heart that I gave everything I got, I can live at night. Now, was just a little disappointed um, how we played that second half. Yeah. But, you know, it's water under the bridge. Nobody's dwelling on the past, but we do want an opportunity to get back to that. To that was that Saturday? Yeah. I think it was Saturday. Was it Sunday? Saturday. Saturday. We want an opportunity to get back to that Saturday game. I'm just dwelling on the fact that you all were drawing up plays on a luggage rack in the hotel hallway. That, that's what we, I mean. Got, that was that was incredible <laughs> to me. We, we we had to find a way. To, we had to find a way. You know, and we had to find a way to get the job done. So I almost did, and I'm looking forward to. Looking forward to next week. Looking forward to being on the SEC Network. Um, late game up there at the Pavilion. Kind of new arena, like two or three years old. They call it the Pavilion. Uh, they used to have the Tad Pad up there, but it, they have the Pavilion. Seats about eight or 9,000. Looking forward to that one. Absolutely. Coach, we appreciate it. Thank you. That'll do it for Braves. Here on the Land and Bussy program, talking about the 22-23 season. It'll get underway next Monday night. At Ole Miss. For our producer, Cedric Tillman, Jamario Brooks, I'm Charles Edmond for the Land and Proceed program. We'll talk to you soon. So long. Business today looks nothing like it did yesterday. While it's more unpredictable, its possibilities are endless. At ADP, turning unpredictability into an advantage is what we do. Using data-driven insights, we design HR solutions to help businesses work better, smarter, so they can think beyond today and find even more success tomorrow. HR, time, talent, benefits, payroll. ADP, always designing for people. Finding the right person for the job isn't easy. Just ask someone who hired a monster truck driver to deliver pizza. And the neighbors are going wild. You can hear that engine from a mile away, Fran. And he's foregoing the driveway and heading right up the lawn and over the azaleas. What a power move. But if you've got an insurance question, you can always count on your local GEICO agent. They can bundle your policies, which could save you hundreds. With six-foot tires and a roll cage, this pizza guy could quite literally crush the competition. For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit geico.com slash local today.
Business today looks nothing like it did yesterday. While it's more unpredictable, its possibilities are endless. At ADP, turning unpredictability into an advantage is what we do. Using data-driven insights, we design HR solutions to help businesses work better, smarter, so they can think beyond today and find even more success tomorrow. HR, time, talent, benefits, payroll. ADP, always designing for people. 